Thank you for joining us on the coaching podcast. As part of the Sin Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Sinesi. Welcome to the Church Planter Coaching Podcast. My name is Dino Sinesi, and I'm the coaching director of the Sin Network. And I have with me my friend and my partner in coaching, Eddie Hancock. Uh, he is the pastor of the First Southern Baptist Church of Caldwell, Idaho, and he also develops coaches, helps develop coaches all over North America. Eddie, it is great to have you here today. Uh, it's great to be here, Dino. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, man, I love what you do. I love how you love coaches and coaching and how God uses you in that arena. Uh, we wouldn't be the same without you. It's quite a challenge, though, isn't it? What do you think is the biggest challenge you found in developing coaches in different cities in North America? Wow, the biggest challenge uh, in developing coaches. Uh, I, I think, honestly, the biggest challenge is just is something new. Uh, so it means an adjustment in everybody's busy schedule. And following through and actually doing it uh, is is the biggest challenge. Uh, the principles are not all that hard. The practices is, are are not all that complicated or complex. Um, as we say in our map, it, it's it's simple, but it's not easy. Uh, so, but doing it really is. I mean, just the better is is the is the biggest challenge. Well, and and our coaches, Eddie, are normally not guys who've committed their lives to coach people. So they are multitasking, yeah. they're pastoring churches, they're planting churches, they're leading on, on different levels. So they've got to cut into this schedule, understanding that the most valuable coaching is the consistent coaching that happens over a season of time, not the random coaching. Yes, yes. And then that might be followed up with a quick, quick second. It's uh, defaulting back to what we've always done. Uh, not that what we've always done is bad. I mean, we're teachers. We pour into people. We want it. We really want to help people become disciples. In fact, Jesus told us, teaching them to obey all that that He's commanded. Uh, but becoming an asking voice in that uh, against our uh, well-established habit patterns, uh, that's kind of challenging, also. But I'd probably put that a close second. Yes, right, right. So relating with patience and persistence, the way we say it in the 10 qualities, uh, relating with patience and, and persistence, embracing the relationship. And so actually, one reason I have been a teller over the years is because it's a lot faster, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's right. You know, I don't know if it's a lot more effective, but it is definitely faster. I can say I've accomplished my goal. I've told you what you need to do. Whether or not you do, it's entirely up to you, which it always is that way. <laughs> right, right, right. It, like like a formula, like lather, rinse, repeat, which didn't work well for me over the years, but uh, uh, it worked for a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you use a lot less shampoo than the rest of us. <laughs> That's right, and then and then uh, and then stir. Uh, let's see what stir, bake, and serve. That's another one of those formulas. Stop, drop, and roll. Those are really fast. <laughs> they, they, oh my gosh, this is this is an incredible conversation already. I'm I'm blessed and encouraged. <laughs> telling you, I've got some formulas that will help you be a better person, Eddie. Oh, another one of those Dinoisms. I've heard quite a few of those. They really have blessed me most of them. <laughs> very good, very good. So, so the business of today is to encourage church planter coaches, and even a church planter who doesn't know a lot about coaching, we would encourage that church planter to say, "Man, I need to find a coach. I need to find a coach. I'm in a sin city, uh, even beyond a sin city. I need a church planter coach to walk alongside to be my Barnabas to encourage me to move forward. A consistent yeah. 
a consistent relationship, or as I call it, an abiding relationship, a relationship that doesn't go away. Even when you have uh, a 50 or a 100, or even when you have 15 or 20, who's the person that's going to be there with you in your camp, the one-on-one relationship? That's a church planner yeah. coach, a Barnabas for you. We want to talk to coaches about moving beyond the basics. We talk about the basics being listen, care, and courage, and really if a coach masters those, he's mastered 75% or better of what he needs to be to be a great coach. But there's some other nuances mm-hmm. as they grow. Today we're going to talk about how does a coach keep growing? How does he keep fresh? What do they do to keep themselves sharp? First of all, tell me, Eddie, in your mind, what are some of the best practices of a great coach? Hey, you know, uh, Dino, no great coach actually became a great coach right out of the gate. You got to get there from here. Um, so I, for me, the initial thing was just disciplining myself to a process. The coaching conversation is, is structured. It has a beginning, it has an end, it has an opening, it has an objective. And in order to become a great coach, you've got to move in that direction. I think for me, it was discipline. I want to do these things because I want to become competent at this process and competent enough to where I can trust it in the conversation itself. Because ultimately, that's what a coach does is trust a process, a conversation process, and believe in the planter. Um, and I think another part of that, a, a best practice, is just being curious. Um, I was listening or reading about uh, a quote from George Carlin, of all people, uh, last week. And he said uh, in one uh, session, I've just had a bourgeois day experience. <laughs> he says, I, I, this overwhelming sense that this has never happened before. And when I was thinking coaching, as I was reading that, you know, I have not had my next coaching conversation. Uh, I have no idea how it's going to play out. Uh, the odds are it's not going to turn out the way I'm thinking in my head. Uh, so I have to be curious and have to be present in the conversation because it's something entirely new. The Holy Spirit really is invading this conversation and taking this planter who's listening to him in a direction uh, that that he wants him to go. So uh, discipline to begin with, build competency in the conversation, and then uh, just staying curious is just huge. You don't know what's going to happen, but boy, something important is going to happen. And, and Eddie, that's a huge shift in a mindset of a leader who has put in a few years leading because there is a sense to me at times where a conversation starts and I go, I've heard this before. It's kind of like watching TV, yeah. watching a situation comedy or watching a 60 minute drama. And you go, man, I know where this is going. I don't want to see all this again. I don't want to hear all this again. Let me solve it. In a in a quick in a quick moment, let me just solve this because I know where it's going. And the coach has a totally different disposition. He is curious and never assumes yeah. how the how the story is going to resolve or how it even needs to be resolved. He never assumes that. I've told you I was doing some research on parallel processing, and we use that term to describe a coach who tries to put the story of the planter he's coaching and his story on the same track to fast forward the process. I know how this is going to end. I know what I need to do. And uh, I didn't realize that this was actually a computer uh, term. It's an IT term. That it's a way to make computers move faster by creating parallel tracks of microprocessors. So now we could get the computer to go faster. The problem is what works in computers doesn't work in coaching, does it? Oh, no, not at all. You know, the one thing about coaching is, you know, the parallel thing, I would think, as I'm kind of going through that in my mind of what, you know, the picture you know, as, as a leader, I'm asking questions all the time. 
and you know uh, um, asking the question uh, the question opens possibilities but i'm i know the questions that i ask myself and i can get in a rut with those questions but my coach asks me questions that i'm not asking myself nobody's asking those questions to me and that in itself generates new perspectives and new awareness and new thinking uh, so gosh that, that i think there's a lot of legs to the parallel processing kind of thing as far as a coaching metaphor Yes, and and the, and the key is is to remain curious about the story. Don't assume what God's yeah. doing in the story. Don't even assume why it's being told. But trust God in the very moment of coaching that that sacred moment we've talked about before, where God's at work and God is going to the deeper, deeper water of the heart. Uh, Proverbs twenty verse yeah. five: The purposes in a man's heart is like deep water. A man of understanding draws out from the deeper, deeper yeah. parts of life. But we want to talk about keep keeping growing. So we started uh, talking about what do coaches do? What does a coach do to keep themselves, himself, herself? What do they do to stay sharp? You know, I think that there are two things that have helped me stay sharp and, and to develop, continue to develop that, that sharp edge. Uh, the key is just to, just to coach. Uh, there's no way around it. Uh, if you're going to be good at anything, you've got to do it. Uh, so uh, I think it was somebody, Dino, I think you said this sometime earlier on. You said when you started coaching, you coached everything that, that moved. Of course, I've seen the way your dog acts. So I'm not sure you did well there, but, you know, you just keep coaching away. Vinny, didn't, Vinny didn't do real well on my coaching. He's still his same old self. So, yeah. Yeah. The second thing I think is to be coached uh, because there are two sides to this conversation. And, you don't know both sides until you've done both sides. So that to me is a way to, to stay sharp and then craft questions would be another thing. Uh, I think uh, to ask questions often and frequently evaluate your questions. Uh, that would be probably a third thing, but the two, the, the first two are really the key, just coach and be coached uh, and do that all the time. Well, we say that in the map on the practical side. So we talk about five principles of coaching. We talk about five practices and we say the, the, the best way to learn to coach is to coach and to be uh-huh. coached and to yeah. experience it uh-huh. on both ends. That's why peer coaching is just uh, the killer app to me in coaching is peer coaching because we can help each it other is, along. Yeah. I can coach you and get better and you can coach me uh-huh. and we could experience the benefit of having a coach. And uh, if you've got a good friend like that, the coaching's free. And so it, yes. it it really, really works well. I would add, too, what's going on right now. We've already talked about this, I think, off the air. But talking to other coaches about coaching is a great way to learn. When yeah. we travel around the country, uh, people would be surprised. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about our families. We talk about fun things. Uh, a fun thing to us, though, is to talk about coaching, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. And that is, the th- that is another thing. Just talk about coaching. You know, what are you doing? Talk about questions. So what, what's working? What's not? You know, something that you ask frequently. So, yes, talk to coaches. Yes. And we, in the, uh, there's, I'm sorry, go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, we do have a, we do have, um, you know, those coaching pods or, or coaching huddles. And, and there's some of them in Sin cities all over the country. And we found those just hugely helpful. Well, and you just read my mind. I was going to talk about the pods in, in Sin Cities particular, but in some areas outside the Sin Cities, there's groups of coaches, and we encourage coaches to use a discretionary time coaching someone, but through the miracle of Zoom and all those things, you could tell how old I am because I call it a miracle. It's not a miracle if you're a millennial, mm-hmm. but it's a miracle to me still that we can get 20 people on the phone like we did or on a video call and talk about coaching 
like we did with our coaching parties last month, Eddie. And so uh, mm-hmm. talk to coaches about coaching. Talk to coaches who are ahead of you, but they don't have to be ahead of you. They're just another coach who's coaching people. I want to talk just a moment about a developmental plan. What, uh, what is a developmental plan, and, and how can that help you as a coach to grow? You know, uh, a developmental plan, uh, the way I understand it, first, like we've already touched on, Dino, is just, just coach. Um, like you, like we've said, you can't get better at coaching until you actually do coaching. Um, and I also think that being specifically focused on the coaching disciplines, uh, the structure of the conversation, um, it is, is a key part of a developmental plan. If I can call something coaching, but if I'm doing whatever I ordinarily do, it may or may not be coaching. So I need to be disciplined to a process. So I think trusting the process and be disciplined to the process, whether it's the coaching dive, you know, that's in the map training, which I think, you know, you know, Dino, I've told you all along, I think that's brilliant or another model of a conversation like grow or the other one that I like is the coach model by Keith Webb, just using that process and go for it, uh, coaching, but also the other side is being coached. Um, for me, I found that it's safer for me to be the inquirer rather than the one that's being inquired. It's, it's safer for me to ask the questions than it is to be asked. And I think to develop, we need to know what's happening on the other side of the conversation, because as we've seen in our map and we demonstrate, when I ask a question, something is happening and it's happening in the mind of the person who's being asked. And I want to know what that's like on my side. So that's another part. Another part would be to talk with with um, with other coaches that we've talked about already, but being very intentional and in moving forward. And then finally, to read, read about coaching. Uh, there's, there's a lot of resources out there now uh, that are really, really good uh, to help us develop. Yes. And you, you mentioned Keith Webb already, and we're going to have Keith on a future podcast and talk to him because he's had such an influence on all of us, including a lot of our coaching champions have sit under Keith. Oh, my. Who's someone else that you would recommend besides Keith Webb that maybe would be valuable to a uh, new coach to read? Hey, you know, the hardest question um, that I've found to wrap my mind around is the, is the question, why? And you know how we've talked about that, Dino. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those questions that has tremendous amount of power, but it is very dangerous. It can, it can um, be a veiled indictment. It can be hard. You know? uh, but there's a guy named uh, Warren Berger that wrote a more beautiful question that kind of talks about and explores what why does. Uh, and that's been really, really helpful to me because it can be very helpful to why it can be helpful in creating creativity. Why do things have to be this way? Well, they don't, you know, and then why is it this way? That that to me is helpful. Uh, there was another one that I've that I've been reading that has been very helpful is by Michael Marquardt, uh, leading with questions, mm-hmm. uh, how leaders find the right sol- solutions by knowing what to ask. And he kind of picks up on Einstein's question. If I had a big problem to solve, I would spend 55 minutes clarifying the question because I can I can answer the question in five. And so he's kind of helping us clarify those questions and lead with questions. Those have been very, very helpful to me some, um, yeah. in, in coaching. That's some good resources. Some some fallbacks for us is uh, Tony Stofus' leadership uh, coaching is a, is a, yeah. cl- is a classic. Uh, it's got a lot of content. Uh, enjoyed sitting under Tony. I uh, actually had Tony critique my coaching, which don't do that. It's not for the faint of heart. And so uh, oh my he listened in on me coaching, gave me a few 
helpful tips, I would call them, and uh, including <laughs> including why in the world did you do it that way? So so it was good. It was good good to help help me grow. And uh, Bob Logan, of course, I tell so many Bob Logan stories. I'm sure people roll their eyes, but Bob was my first coach. Coaching 101 is a classic. It's a, if you want it simple. Yeah. Coaching 101 is a good one from the past. Uh, so and then we use transformational coaching a lot by Steve Ogney, who's in heaven now. Uh, but he, he left a great legacy through his coaching, uh, Steve Ogney and Tim Rule. Uh, and it kind of gives that whole picture of coaching. It's kind of like what we are a lot with that. Yeah. So so uh, I, I want to ask you personally, as we wrap up here today, what is one thing now that you're working on as a coach from a developmental perspective? Eddie Hancock wants to be better at this as a coach. And I'll let you go first and, and I'll give mine after you finish. Wow, that's such that's such a great question. Uh, I was I am captivated by um, by all of our hero Jesus. Um, he was talking to the blind guys in John and Luke and Mark, and he asked this question: "What do you want me to do for you?" Mm. And uh, I was riveted by that because I started thinking, "What kind of God asks us open questions?" Which that's what he did. Mm -hmm. And he went right to the heart of the issue because it's much more profound than just, okay, you want me to give to, to make you so you can see because seeing for that guy was going to mean an entire change of life. What kind of questions can I ask? Can I listen closely enough to this friend of mine who wants, who has a passion to do what God wants them to do? And I listen closely enough so that I can ask the right question at the right time so that they clearly understand God's will for their life and, and chart a way forward to bring that to reality to the best of their ability. I want to help somebody hear God and then do what he says in their mind. You know, and that's just huge for me. Um, so that's, that's what I'm working on now. It's kind of blown me away. God does that for me. Yeah. So how can I help somebody else in that same way? That's that's awesome. It's an awesome thought. You made me think of a scripture, a word fitly spoken. It's like apples yeah. of gold and settings of silver. And uh, yeah. so we, the word could be a question as well as a statement, but something that brings life to the hearer, something that opens blind eyes, something that moves someone else to, to a new place. Uh, that leads to one of my goals. I had two, but one of my goals is to coach to the heart. And that was a mindset shift for me. I have to confess, uh, we talked about coaching confessions before, but a coaching confession for me is that when I first started, and, and even for a while, I was focusing a lot on the goals and the tasks. And yeah. I, I was not great at listening. What's the heart? What's what's the symptom mm -hmm. behind the behavior? What's really going on in the heart yeah. of the person? And so I'm really trying to be more sensitive to the heart. And so I'm, I'm searching and discerning and, and trusting God to help me discern more, not because I want to call this planter out or, or whoever I'm coaching, if it's not a planter, not that I'm trying to call them out or embarrass them, but what I want to yeah. do is help them see their own heart. I want to hold up a mirror to them like a great coach. We're going to wrap up yeah. now. Eddie, thanks again, as usual, for your incredible insight on coaching and uh, appreciate you guys out there that's digging in there and coaching. And even as Eddie confessed, is you're humble enough to have a coach because you're not doing all the question asking. You're the one who's having to answer the questions. I hope it's a blessing and helpful to you. Uh, and so until the next time, keep coaching. You've been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? 
Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.